Oh my goodness. Uh, hey guys, uh, my name is Clayton. I'm the pastor here at Central. And man, we're starting a new series called Dumb Things Christians Say. And so you saw some of those up on there. And hey, just a disclaimer, um, I'm sorry if I step on anybody's toes. I'm not really that sorry. But you know, I'm probably going to step on some people's toes. But I'm also stepping on my toes because there are times when we say some things that we think are in the Bible that really just aren't in the Bible. And they may not be very helpful to people who are looking for hope in life. And so we're going to go through some of those then over the next several weeks. Hey, if you'd like to follow along with today's message, just use the, the QR code that's on the screen right there with your phone, and you can, you can uh, follow along with uh, everything that we're uh, going to be going over today. Well, I don't know about you guys, when I was younger, I, I loved to read books. And one of the books I remember reading was a book called Alexander and the Terrible, No Good, Terrible Day. Y'all remember that? Um, awful day. Yeah, so very bad day. Like if you look at this, this, uh, this picture right here, you see this is the cover of the book. And this guy is getting out of, out of bed. And throughout this book, it kind of walks through his, his typical day. And it just does not go very well. He wakes up and he gets bubblegum in his hair from the night before. He, he, he slips on his skateboard. He gets his shirt wet while he's brushing his teeth. He goes to breakfast, and there's no, there's no prize in his cereal, uh, cereal box. And he's bummed out about that. He goes to school, and he, he fails one of his papers. He has uh, trouble at school. He gets in trouble. He ends up uh, losing his best friend. And then at lunch, there is no dessert for him in his lunch. His mom forgot to put uh, dessert in there. And he just says, you know what? This is just a terrible day. This is an awful day. His mom picks him up from school. He's got to go to the dentist, and he has a cavity, and he has to get that, get that filled. And as they're leaving the dentist's office, they hop in the elevator, and the, the elevator smashes his foot. And then he goes out, in, out into the street, and his brother pushes him into a mud puddle, and he gets mud all over himself. He goes to the, the shoe store with his parents and his mom, and he... He wants these blue shoes that have red stripes on them, and they don't have those. And so his mom buys him the white ones. That's all that's left, just the pure white shoes. And today, actually, teenagers like the white ones. Back then, when this, when this was written in the 70s, like no one liked those kind of shoes. And so he gets, to, gets home for dinner, and for dinner, there's lima beans. Who likes lima beans? Anybody? That's disgusting. Okay, so, so he, has, he has to have lima beans for, for dinner. And then he gets ready for, for bed, and the, the, the water is too hot. He loses his toy, his favorite toy, um, down the drain. He gets soap in his eyes, and then he has to put on his little kid's pajamas, and he thinks he's a big kid now, and he's upset about that. He gets in bed, and his light, nightlight burns out. He bites his tongue, and then he tries to lay down, and his pillow has, is gone. It's been stolen by his older brother. And throughout the, the book, he says... This is going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Have you ever had a day like that? And sometimes in life we go through days like that. Well, there's a guy in the Bible who had a day like that. If you turn to Psalm chapter 31, here's what the Bible says. This is um, a, 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 the kind of explanation of what's going on in this guy's life. And here's what he says. He says, have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. Tears blur my eyes. My body and soul are withering away. I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Sin has drained my strength. I'm wasting away from within. It's not going well for this guy. He says, I am scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. When they see me on the street, they run the other way. I am ignored as if I were dead. 
as if I were a broken pot. I have heard the many rumors about me and I am surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. Well, all this is, is about a 3,000 year old rant, okay? Anybody ever had a day where you just wanna get on social media and just rant about your day? You wanna call your best friend, you wanna call your mom and you wanna say, this has just been a, a terrible day. We do the same thing. Like, pretend like your day went something like this. You wake up, and your coffee over, overflows. Anybody ever happened to you and you gotta clean it up and it's just a giant mess and so it's just not starting off well. And then you're brushing your teeth and the toilet, your, your toothbrush falls in the, the toilet and that's the only toothbrush and so you gotta deal with that um, somehow. And then you get in your car and the sun goes through, right through the visor through that little hole. You ever seen that, that little hole and just hits you right in the eyeball and it's just, man, this is not a good day. You get to work and let's say you work at Home Depot and you're shaking up the, the can of paint in the machine and it explodes and gets all over you. That's a really bad day. And then on your way home from work, you find yourself behind this truck. <laughs> I don't have an after picture of that, but you can imagine what happened. So you get home and you gotta go through your doorway and you see all of these crickets surrounded by your door and you've gotta get in somehow. And so they get all inside, it's just, it's not going well. So you know what, I'm gonna take my dog on a walk the only good thing in my life, my dog. And so you take your dog on a walk, finds a porcupine, and gets destroyed by this porcupine. That is a bad day. And you've probably said, or it's been said to you, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God will never give you more than you can handle. Anybody ever said that? Anybody ever had that said to you? It sounds really inspirational. It sounds, it sounds right. It even sounds biblical. But where does this come from? I think it probably comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Here's what the Bible says. It says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God, he's faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Well, what this, this verse is actually saying is that God will always give you a way out of your sin. Always. He gives you a way out because sin is never too powerful for God because God is all powerful. Amen? And He is always faithful. In the middle of your sin, there's always an, a way for Him to, to give you an out and for ability for you to say no in the middle of your temptation. But we take this verse and we take other verses and we distort them and we change them and we say things like God will never put you in a situation that is, that is too difficult for you. What you're really saying is, in a way, is that when you tell that to someone or you believe that about yourself, you're saying that, that God is really impressed with my strength, with my ability to endure. And we look at the Bible and we use verses of the Bible as kind of like a motivational coach for us, like God's a motivational coach and he's going to, going to help us in life. We use verses like Philippians 4.13. We all know this verse. We, we put it as a tattoo on our arm or we, we have it on the back of our jerseys or we, we uh, put it on the coffee mugs on the back of our car and we drive around and we say, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. But the truth is in this passage, you got to look at it in context. And what Paul is really saying when he, when he talks about this, he's talking about God will give me the ability to go through the worst things in life. But we look at it and, and we make it seem like, like God is going to help me to do incredible things, inspirational things in life. 
kind of reminds me of uh, several years ago when my son was six years old, uh, he wanted to go on a hike. And so we decided we we're going to go to Guadalupe Peak, which is the highest peak in, in the entire state of Texas. And it's an eight and a half mile hike. And we were going, and it was little Corbin, he's walking with me and we took breaks and we had lunch, and I'm like, are you okay? And he says, man, I'm fine. We keep going, keep going. And I had no idea he was going to be able to make it all the way to the top. I feel like I was going to have to carry him um, to the top. But we got to the top. And, man, I just looked at him. And that's the picture right there. And I was like, man, I'm pretty inspired by you. Like, there, I, was, I was exhausted, um, and I'm a grown man, and he, was, he, just, he just made it all the way through. It was very inspirational. Or it's like when a, when a mom, you heard the stories of mom being able to lift the car up when, when the, the, the kid is underneath that. And you're like, man, where did they get that strength? And we use scripture and say, man, you know, if you try hard enough, you can do anything. And we use these scriptures to mean that. And we tell people, man, God won't give you more than you can handle. You can do this. Like, like a motivational coach. You've got what it takes. But I was thinking about this. If someone just can't handle it, or if they can't get through this, what are you really saying to them? Well, I think you're saying to them, you know what? You don't have what it takes. Or there's something wrong with you. Or there's something messed up in your life. You haven't tried hard enough. There's something going on that God has maybe turned his back on you. You know what? God's never going to give you more than, than you can handle. But when they can't handle it, they think that God has run away from them. But there's a truth that we need to understand this morning, that Jesus, he's uncomfortable with you being beyond your capacity. He's okay with that. Your weaknesses, they don't scare him. They don't make him run away from you. No, your weaknesses, you not being able to get through things in life, it makes him run towards you. Look what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. He says this. He writes to the church and says, we think you ought to know dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. Hey, let me tell you a story about what we went through when we were doing our missionary journey. And he says this, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. It was that bad. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and we learned to rely only on God who raised the dead. So when Jesus looks at your life, He's okay with you being beyond your abilities. That's what happened to Paul. Paul just said, man, we couldn't handle anymore. We couldn't get through it anymore. And we, were, we were to the, the end of our rope. And God's okay with you being at the end of your rope. Look at King David. When, when, when King David was young, he went from being a nobody to a general. And while he was a general in the, the Israeli army, he wasn't king yet. When he was a, when he was a general, he was, he was doing everything right. He did nothing wrong. But because of jealousy with the king, King Saul, he became an outcast and a fugitive. And he had to run for his life. You know that passage we read earlier about Psalm 31? That's what David wrote. When he was at the end of his rope, he wrote Psalm 31. Look at it again. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. I am dying from grief. I am wasting away. I am scorned by all my enemies. I am ignored as if I were dead, as if I were a broken pot, and I am surrounded by terror. Have you ever felt that way? Like you just, your day was done. Like you were at the end of your rope. You were at the end of yourself. You're at your breaking point. You said, God, I can't do this anymore. I am completely overwhelmed. Maybe you're a college student. 
or you're a high school student, there's this pressure on you for you to figure out your future. You're scared about making a mistake and you say, you know, I just can't handle it. Maybe you're a parent and you're trying to, to parent your kids the best way you can and you are just beyond busy. And your day starts with you waking your kids up and it's a fight and a battle to get them out of bed. And then you, you go and make breakfast for them and get them ready and you rush them out the door and they're late for school and you're late for work and you work hard all day. You pick them up from school and you take them to practice or whatever else they have going on. And then you bring them home, you make them dinner, you help them out with their homework, you get them ready for bed. They finally go to bed and all you want to do is sit down and put your feet up, but your house is a wreck. You haven't paid the bills. You haven't done all the things that you wanted to do, and you're just overwhelmed. You're in over your head. There are stories of people in our church who have gone through a lot lately, whether it was a sickness, whether it was the entire family going through, the COVID went through their entire family. There are people that have lost their jobs. There are people that have gone through tragedies. There are people in our church who have, who have lost uh, a spouse, a mom or a dad, or a child. And when you go through those things, you have to realize that God has not turned his back on you. He's not trying to punish you. He's not run away from you. No, God allows you to go through those things so that you will turn to him. In the middle of your grief, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of being just completely done, not being able to handle it, God wants you to go through those things so that you will turn to him completely. Look back at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Here's what Paul says at the end of that passage. He says, as a result of those things, we stopped relying on ourselves and we learned to rely only on God who raised the dead. He said, man, as a result of all that pain and, and almost being to the point of death and being crushed and overwhelmed, you know what? We stopped relying on our own strength and instead, instead we turned to God and we relied on his strength. And what is his strength? He can raise people from the dead. I mean, that's pretty strong, okay? And so he's saying, man, we have realized that we need to trust in God. It reminds me of a, of a story, of one of my, my favorite books. Uh, it's called Jesus Freaks, and it came out when I was in, in middle school, elementary, and I read that, that book, and um, I just love the stories of these people who went through, were martyred, who were uh, persecuted, and they, they remained faithful to the Lord. And there's this one story, and I want to read it to you. This happened, the true story, in the 1980s in Ethiopia, as they were under a communist regime. And there was a Christian named Tehei. And here's what she said. They forced my hands under my knees and tied them there. Then they put a stick through these ropes and hung me upside down. They filled my mouth with dirty rags and almost, I almost suffocated. And they beat me, breaking my bones. Great pieces of skin hung from my body. Then they freed me from my bonds and they forced me to run with bleeding feet over a path with sharp stones. Next, they put me in a small cell containing 62 people and there was only room to stand. Stand on what? On bleeding feet and on broken bones. And the cell was completely dark and there was no air. Don't ask how prisoners fulfilled their bodily needs. There was only one hole serving as a toilet, but no one could get to it. All I, had to stand, all I had to stand pressed against each other, sorry, all I had to stand pressed against each other to give a few the opportunity to sleep a bit, laying on one side. Because of the limited space, no turning was possible. And the story goes on and says that her cuts bled, but there was no medicine. And Tehei could not even hold a cup, so others had to help her drink. 
And she was tortured by this Ethiopian communist regime for her faith in Jesus Christ. She stayed in that cell for over a year, and she was in prison for over 10 years. And as a result of spending such a long time in darkness, she had not regained her full vision yet. And as they tortured her, the Ethiopian communists mocked her and said, where is your loving Jesus? But Tehei only pitied the blindness of her torturers. She knew that her Lord was always with her, alive in her heart. And she said this, Jesus was there. In the midst of human waste, in the humiliation, in the blood and stench, he is more than a king ruling in heaven. He's more than a bridegroom. He is the one tortured in prison. In the middle of her going through, that is a bad day. In the middle of her going through all of that pain, she didn't rely on her own strength. She relied on Jesus. She turned to Jesus. And she has a, she has a testimony that says, you know what, Jesus, he's always going to be there for you. And he's going to be there for you as well. You can rely on him. He will help you in your time of need. He will comfort you when you've lost a loved one. He will provide for you when you've, you've lost everything. He will be there for you. But in the middle of someone's crisis, when someone's having a, a tough time, we look to them, and sometimes we say dumb things in, the way, in a way to try to help them. And we say, you know what? God will never give you more than you can handle. When we tell them that, what we're really doing is we're, we're telling them, don't really look to Jesus, look to your own strength. And in a way, we kind of make it all about them. It's this solo act. And we flipped the message of the Bible to be a me-centered message where we say, God, how can you help me? God, what can you give me? And we flipped the gospel and make it say that Jesus exists to make me happy. And Jesus is there to help me. He works for me, and he's there for me. But the essence of the gospel is this. The true message of the gospel is that you're in over your head. If you think about it, that is the real message of the Bible. The message of the Bible is not that you have it and you have what it takes. The message of the Bible isn't even that God will help you get through all those things. The message of the Bible is that you are in over your head. You don't have what it takes. If you don't believe me, look, at, look in Scripture. If you look into the Gospels, there's a story of a, the rich young ruler. And you guys know this story. He goes up to Jesus to, to hang out with Jesus and to meet Jesus. And he asks Jesus, he says, how can I get into heaven? How can I have eternal life? And what he was asking is, how can I make my life count? And he had everything. Not only did he have riches, he had his whole life ahead of him. He was probably a powerful person in the, in the community. He had a lot of influence. And he asked, how can I make it to heaven? And Jesus says, keep all the commandments. And the guy's like, oh, awesome. I can do that because I, I, can, I can make it because Jesus, I've done all those things. And Jesus looks at this guy and says, one other thing you got to do. You got to sell it all and give it away. The Bible says this man was crushed and he was sad and he walked away because he had put all of his hope and he put his future, he put all of his desire, his identity and his security was in his riches and the things that he had in his influence. And look what the Bible says in Mark chapter 10. The end of this story his disciples were with them, and it says, they, it says, this amazed them. But Jesus said again, he says this, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for, the, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, before you're like, hey, well, sweet, I'm, I'm not rich, so that's, that's good. You know, I can, I can make it. That, 
Jesus is not even talking about rich people. And this passage isn't even necessarily about rich people. It's about people who try to use the things that they have to make it in life, to get through life, to make their life count, and to enter into eternal life. Rich people use their riches to make it in life. But you know what? Smart people use their smarts to do the same thing. And beautiful people use their beauty. Influential people try to use their influence. Famous people use their fame. And determined people, I don't know if you guys are a determined person, but a lot of times determined people, they use their determination to try to make it in life. And strong people, they try to use their strength to make it. And Jesus says, it can't be done. That's what he's saying. He's saying it can't be done. It's not enough. The gospel teaches us to rely on Jesus. And the question is, do you rely, who do you rely on? Do you rely on Jesus or do you rely on yourself? Are you relying on your success? Are you relying on your position? Are you relying on relationships? Are you relying on the resources that you have? You know, some of us, we even rely on things to numb the pain to get through the day. And that is what we are relying on. We got to realize the gospel, is, it's not a, a self-help seminar saying that, that you can, you can do it. If you just believe enough, if you just try hard enough, you are good enough. No, the gospel, it's a me-crushing truth that says you can't. You can't do it. You can't get through it. The truth is God, God, will, God will give you more than you can handle. That is the truth. You know what? He'll, he'll also never give you more than he can handle. He can handle it. He can get through it. The question is, are you relying on yourself? Are you relying on God? And if you're relying on yourself, you're missing out on something. And you're wasting something. What you're wasting is, is, is an opportunity to have a deep relationship with Jesus. Can you imagine this story, going through this story? of being tortured like that and seeing God see you through the worst time in your life? What kind of relationship would you have with God? How would your relationship with Jesus be after that? Man, I think it would be deep and amazing and loving and, and all in. And that's why God allows you to go through those things so that you will trust in him. But sometimes we waste our weakness. We waste those opportunities where we are weak and God wants to be strong in the middle of that. There's a reason for your struggles. This is what Paul says when he had his, had his thorn in his flesh. We don't know what his thorn in his flesh was, but after he describes it, he says this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He says, my grace is all you need. This is what Jesus said. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And so Paul says, awesome. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. In this life, guys, we're going to be overwhelmed. We're going to be beyond ourselves and beyond our ability. We need help. So here's something we need to do. We need to stop searching for personal strength, and we need to learn to lean. Stop trying to, to make it on your own and learn to trust in God. We got to get to a point where we stop digging down deep to, to figure out our future or to endure pain or to overcome our worries, to, to rise up through depression or to find strength when we are just at our end, when we are just 
done. We got to stop trying to to dig deep enough to get through that. We need to stop also reading scripture incorrectly because sometimes we do that. Like, for example, sometimes we read Psalm 121 this way. And we say, we say Psalm 21 like this. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My, my help comes from my strength. Because God exists to help me. And sometimes when we say things to people who are not believers, and they're going through a difficult time, we make life like that. We make the gospel like that. But the real truth, the real Psalm 121 is this. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Not from my strength. It comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So if you're going through more than you can handle, and you're like, hey, that's me. You know what? You're absolutely right. (laughs) It is more than you can handle. But God says, I'm with you. He's going to help you. He will give you more than you can handle, but he won't give you more than he can handle. He's going to provide for you. He's going to protect you. He's going to see you through even some of the darkest times of your life. Look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. He says, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Is that you? Have you found a time in your life where you're like that? It's too much for me, God. I can't do this. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. He says, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. So here's what we need to do. We've got to stop telling people that God will never give them more than they can handle. We need to start telling them about what Jesus can do. You know? You know what? It is too much for you. But there's a God who loves you and he'll provide a way through. And maybe what you're going through is God trying to speak into your heart that you need him. But not only do we need to stop telling people that, we need to stop telling ourselves that. That God will never give us more than we can handle. And instead, we need to believe the gospel that we need Jesus. It's all about him. This life is all about him. The question is, do you trust him? Let's pray. Father, this is too much for us sometimes. Life is too difficult. Yet sometimes we rely on ourselves and we believe the lie. And sometimes we even say things um, to try to help people, but in a way it actually turns people away from you because, because they think that, they've, that you've turned from them. But the truth is, God, that we are never guaranteed an easy life, but we are guaranteed you if we will trust in you and rely on you and turn to you. Jesus, we believe your promise that all who come to you, who are weary and burdened, that you will give them rest. And so God, I pray for everyone in this room who is just over it. Maybe their parents, maybe their grandparents, maybe they've lost their job. Maybe they don't know where um, their next paycheck is gonna come from. Maybe they're struggling in their relationship. They've just gone through a divorce. And they're trying as hard as they can to get through. And it doesn't seem to work. God, I pray that they would, that they would quit 
relying on their own strength and they would trust in you, God, and that you would be their God and you would love them and you would come alongside them and help them. God, help us to trust in you and help us to point other people to you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.